Hey, it's Ben. This week is sadly the last episode we're going to have with Risa. Risa's found that with everything going on, that doing a Star Wars role-playing podcast is one thing too much, which absolutely makes sense, and thank you, Risa, for everything that you've done. As it is, Tales is going to be continuing on with a few guest hosts, and... I hope you like the topics that we're going to be discussing. Thank you, and now on to the show. What? Where did you come from? You were there, and now Banff. There you are. What's up with that, Risa? I, I didn't think that you were quite that sneaky. I'm impressed. Oh. Me? Yeah, I've been told I need to wear a bell so I don't startle people. Really, it's not something I've thought about all that much. Is it really that weird? Welcome to A Startling Tale from the Hydean Way. We're your hosts, Risa D. And Ben Yendel. This week, we are talking about, at least when I saw it in the document that we've got for ideas, which people keep sending us and we keep adding to, is low experience force powers and force characters. I can't think of a reason at all why I'm currently thinking of this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot to be said for, like, the base powers of these powers. The base power of move is fairly powerful. It gets upgraded a lot, but for 10 experience modified by things, it <laughs> can be a very, very powerful thing. If you go with starting characters... Like, just bare starting experience. It can be frustrating to get your first force power, but my question for you, Risa, is how do you make that starting experience bot force power or your first session experience force power, how do you make that feel good for the player? How to make them fun. I'm going to preface this with saying that I have refused to GM for a Force and Destiny campaign. However, I've played in some. So I am speaking from the side of a player when I'm talking about this, mostly because with my players, you two would not want to run Force and Destiny. (laughs) Yeah, they do sound a little on the min-maxi side. Yes. One of them specifically made her entire character based around how quickly she could get to battle meditation. So, yeah. I feel like the thing that is actually, like, the hardest to do, having a force power at its base is fine. It really is not bad, right? It's the force powers that are for force rating one can be a little underwhelming sometimes. And I think that as a player, you should try to go for the ones, like, when you're buying them, the ones you're going to start out with. Make sure they're the ones that are going to be helpful with only one force die. Because if you are, like, even, like, just getting enhance is a really good first one. It really is. Because you just get to roll your force rating with your athletics checks. And that is just, it's good. That base power is good. Like, especially if you as a character, you know that they're going to be doing lots of athletics things. That's how you're going to be playing the character. Then it that's a that's just a good one to have at its base. 
and with just one force rating. So making sure that you are taking ones that will help you definitely helps make it more fun. If you are a character who does not have, like, is not a brawn build, then don't get enhance because that's not going to help you as much. It's not, but to me, I've found in like something like enhance to counter not having. Like, if I've got a one force rating, it helps me counter not having a good brawn or a good agility. Being able to roll that die and be able to get a success from the force pips, it means that, yeah, my brawn can actually be pretty lousy and still have a decent chance of getting that athletics check. Yeah. I meant more like if you're not going to be playing it that way. Ah, sorry. Yeah. My, my mistake. No, but that's definitely something like that. That's something that where if you don't want to put the point into brawn, then that is a good one if you still want to be doing stuff like that. If you're like, well, my character still likes to be doing like parkour, right? Yeah. But I don't want to spend the points to give them a three in brawn. That can really help make up for it. Something like enhance. Just at its base power, you're rolling another die. Yeah. Like that's that's what it does. How As opposed to like, if you don't have high... This is actually something that uh, one of my players that did. He got heal harm... But he didn't have, I think he only had like one int. And that's not going to be helpful because Heal Harm uses your int for when they're doing something. Yeah. It's for heal, it's literally heal a number of wounds equal to intellect. Yeah. So like if you don't have an int build, then maybe try something that's not that. Like it's definitely for your first force power, you want to be able to use something that's going to enhance the character you already have made. It's not the thing that makes the character. That's a really good point. I've tried doing something along that lines where I had a horrible uh, agility. I think it was a shadow. Like it was had one <laughs> agility and like just don't. The frustration is just too great. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Use the force power to enhance what you're going to be doing. Like, if you're going to be using influence, have that kind of character, have the character build be someone who is going to be trying to influence people. Yeah, definitely. It's something where you're going to want them to at least be presence or cunning. It's just helpful just because that's what you're already doing, right? Exactly. I And I really just think that if you're building a character from the start, knowing they're going to be a force user to build your character in such a way where you can use the force powers you want to use from the beginning, instead of building it saying, well, once I get to here on my career or my tree, yeah, once I get here, I can get my next force rating and then I'll actually be useful like because then you have that entire time between the start and when you get to that place on your tree right yeah you want to build your character in such a way where you're already able to use something so you don't feel useless i i started with i remember i used farsight mm. because it's something where at its base it's pretty good right it really is it, I mean, that's honestly, like, my favorite of the Force powers. It's 
a really fun one, and it's also the one that gets me to do the exception to the mentor. Yeah. My own personal thing for a mentor, it reduces by five down to five. Minimum five. Yeah. Otherwise, you just give away Farsight for free. And it's like, well, I got Farsight for free, but that's because I was a Miraluka, and we decided that she started with that. <laughs> I mean, for a Miraluka, it just absolutely makes sense. Yeah. But that's because I did give up quite... I mean, I kind of bought it with the starting XP, in a yeah. way. You know, Amiraluka, like, exists seeing through the Force, so... Yeah, well, yeah, Amiraluka should have Farsight. It, it, it was something that, from the first session, I was able to use it with just the base power and feel useful, and it did, and did some cool things. You know, it's completely dark. I can still see what's going on. Yeah, that is a powerful power. And what really helped with that, though, was that my GM in that first session gave me a situation where I could use it and where just the base power was something that was useful. Yes. So I was able to, everything, all the lights went out, no one else could see, but I could see, you know, I, I rolled to make sure I could be able to see what was going on in medium range. And it was something that linked into the story, and it was something that I was able to do with just the XP, starting XP. Doing it that way, it makes the player feel good about their character and their character choices. It's the same sort of thing as, like, okay, we're going to give the pilot something to pilot with. Now we've got a bunch of Force users, or we've got a Force user. Let them use the Force. Show off why that's a cool thing to spend experience on. And if you have an entire party full of Force users, it's helpful because then they're all going to be on the same level for the most part. Yes. So when you're starting out, everyone is just with their base powers. And that's something that can be super useful because then you as the GM can go in and make sure you're highlighting what everyone else is doing. Like if you have one character who they've put something into influence, then make sure you put in a situation where they can use it. You know, they're around some stormtroopers and they need to have that go on, right? They want to get around it that way. Make sure that if you have a character who took enhance, that you are giving them an option to use it. Give you know, there's something that's really high up and someone's going to have to climb up there to get it. So let's yeah. see what we can do with that. Or the beautiful one of when someone uses misdirect. Oh. Sort of going back to that shadow I played. I just really like the like the base power of misdirect of you don't see this. Like is very much this is the these are not the droids you're looking for. Yeah. It's another power that is very easy for a situation to be created that this is good for. Like, okay, we're going to have this person hide while this patrol goes by and then pop up and do something that they snuck in for. Misdirect is pretty cool. Yeah, it's one that I definitely like. Especially if you just build something for it, you know? If you are building a character that's going to use it, I think that's that's useful. Especially to make up for lack of agility. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't have to be stealthy. I can just make them not see me sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea in concept. In concept. Depends on the GM, but it definitely oh. is a good idea in concept. <laughs> it's also something to use like last resort as well in that kind of case. I'll try to do the stealth, but it it I think most of these powers are great at their base power. I think that sometimes people 
just know what they're like later. So when they go to play their next character and they're back to the beginning, they get frustrated. Absolutely. But honestly, I think that the basic powers are all pretty useful. I I can't really think of one that isn't useful at its at its base power. So I don't know. Some of them you really <laughs> just have to as long as you've built the correct character for it. Yeah, like having as you're saying the one intellect heal harm person. Yeah. That's just going to end up being frustrating. Yeah. Anytime that there's a characteristic involved, making sure that that actually lines up with your character concept is a good idea. But I think that's very important just for just when you're building a character in general. Yeah. I've known players to do things like they have a backstory and then they create they try to bend the system to fit the backstory they've given this character. Yeah. And I think that that's a really rough way to do it for yourself. It makes it harder on yourself to do it like that. And I know that's just how a lot of people's brains work more when they have the idea and then they create something around it. But how I like to create characters is to come up with a, what is the one defining thing I want about this character? And then I build it around it. So if I'm like, I want a character to have sense. This is going to be my character. This character has sense and this is what she's going to do. I will build my character around that concept of what I want to do and then make it playable that way. I'm all for suboptimal character creation. Like, yeah. You don't have to be doing it perfect. Oh, definitely not. If I was wanting to use something with sense, it would definitely be like like having threes in cunning and making it so that I would be looking at the whole power so that if there's a skill that gets called out, I'm going to then base have that. Yep. It's really important, especially if you're looking at things. The idea, I, I'm going to go back to heal harm. Because that is one where it's like, it's very important that if you are making a character that's going to use heal harm, that from the very beginning you think about their intellect. Yes. I would want a three or higher. That's, I had a, my Miraluka character, one of the things I wanted in the future for her was to have heal harm. Because I wanted her to be a willpower int build. I, I, I had a lot of ideas for her. And so <laughs> having to then, I talked about this on our last episode, was that having to then put stuff, put a dedication into cunning kind of threw a wrench into the works because it meant that I had just three intellect, which is which is good for heal yeah. harm. But it's not like you really want a four to be doing as much as you can with it. And as a GM, if you are seeing that someone does have like a three int going in with a heal harm, then... Start paying attention to something like that so that you're not punishing the players for having, like, not doing as much damage to them. Yeah. So that the person with heal harm isn't having to just, okay, I'm going to roll my force die, I heal you for three points, I heal you for three points, everyone gets their three points. Yeah. And it just being that. Oh, look, I've been able to break the odds and get two light side pips you get six points back pretty much it would be it, it's just very useful then as the gm to make sure that you're taking that into consideration when you're doing things when you're planning things 
when your players have low XP to remember to like scale everything down for them. Um, and that's just in general, right? So obviously if you are playing a, you know, it's your first, first session of the new game, you're not going to be doing, using the same enemies that you used <laughs> in your grand finale of your last campaign, right? Yeah. You need to head back down, which can feel frustrating for you as well as the players. But it's like starting a video game from the beginning, right? You have to start lower, otherwise the power creep is going to be ridiculous. It's one of the things as a GM that we all have to keep track of is making sure that our encounters are based around what the characters can do and not just our expectations of it. Like sometimes we can expect to have the players blow through an encounter in like five dice rolls and then they can fail every single dice roll. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things that can happen. You can fail all these dice rolls. You can fail a simple check. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility. You will be reminded of this if you ever have someone with one willpower and then having everyone roll vigilance. Thankfully, technically, that's not exactly a fail, but it's mm -hmm. still pretty low in, in the uh, initiative. Force powers I find very interesting on account of not all the force powers require a skill. Like sometimes, yes, you are going to be doing a discipline check based on what you're trying to do, but that's usually a more high power upgraded thing. I'm just sort of thinking move with that, where you dump, I think it's 20 experience in, and then you can start using moved objects as weapons. Yeah. And if you're going to be doing move, just like, side note, if you're going to be doing move, build a character where you can use ranged light. Yeah. Like, you need, from the beginning, you need to know that that's something you're going to be using, if that's how you want to use move. Because I watched a friend go about using move. She did not have like any agility. She just went and she just kept trying to brute force her way through it. But it's like, you're going to have a better time playing if you actually put the thought into it before you create the character. You're going to feel a lot less frustrated. Yes, the base powers are all pretty good powers. But also making sure that when the characters are created that, or when they're looking at taking powers, reminding the players that deeper in it will require a particular skill making sure that they're aware that let's say that someone is looking to do a protect unleash build that they're gonna go and do like the seer or the sage where they get their two force rating upgrades and they're going for protect unleash yeah yeah <laughs> Spend the 20 experience on it. And then after all of that, they've got a really low will. Yeah. They can't do the discipline checks. And they're routinely failing the discipline checks. It becomes very frustrating very quickly. Yeah. One of our players actually did that. Took Sage as the second specialization. And she got all the way and realized that her will... Like she was up, she upgraded her will with her when she got to dedication, but 
Then she got there and she kept failing all of the rolls and she had to put a bunch of XP into discipline because yeah. she just kept failing them. And it was such it was a it was something that was so frustrating for her. And it will be. That is a fairly large thing. Having the ability to use something like a seek to its fullest capabilities is, yes, you do need to have the ability to use vigilance. And you're doing like vigilance versus discipline checks, or you're doing just average discipline checks as you're trying to see through illusions and stuff, which is kind of actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to do that. But then as you're going through, when a character's getting created, you also want to be able to make sure that, okay, they're going to actually have some ranks in perception and cunning because you get to the control upgrade at the very end down the middle and I've got these this 15 experience power or sub power and I've got the three force dice that I can commit to gain a boatload of peers or I could have it but I've got one cunning and like two ranks in perception heroin yeah. <laughs> Okay, sure, you get Pierce 3 on whatever you're using, but that could be a lot higher. And it could turn into something much more effective. Yeah. Getting one point of Pierce per Force die is a little underwhelming. So basically what we've said so far is that to help with low-level Force characters, it's important to, as you're building your character, figure out what you want from the start. And I think that's just good advice for pretty much like any character, but especially force characters. Because with force characters, sometimes you really need... It is a lot more frustrating because you're putting all of your XP into something pretty much. That if it's not working, then it's incredibly frustrating. How should GMs make sure that it's more fun for their players to have low-level force characters? Looks P force characters. Okay, one of the things is understanding which way the players are breaking their character. Like, which way they're going. Are they going into the talents? Are they going into the skills? Are they going into the force powers? And you've got the force powers, which can be really, really cool. Some of them are just absolutely amazing. But, okay, I'm using the force talents that I've got. And then I've just got, like, the base power for one of these force powers. Actually, a pretty good example is something along the lines of the healer versus having heal harm. Yeah. Because the healer, when you're using the healer, you can just do medicine checks. Which, yes, then they're going to have a decent int build. And they could have the ability to heal more or heal one point of strain with it because well they've got physician or they could just like smack someone on the forehead and commit a force die to knock them out for 12 hours like that's the other aspect to it is yes there are these force powers and the players are only really going to have one force die because if you're just going with starting xp Theoretically, you can buy up to a second force die, but your 
really hurting the character in the long run. Yeah. So understanding how the players are using the trees and using the force powers, how is it going to intermix with it? Because like a sage taking heal harm versus a healer taking heal harm is two very different situations. Yeah. Yeah, like that's... Or a seer. Because you take a seer, which, yeah, still absolutely could. But going by the talents, there's... And also the skills. There's less likelihood that they're going to have a higher intellect. I do think that it is important to theme yourself with your careers and specializations as well as your force powers to try and get the most out of it. Like I'm not talking about like making the optimal build, right? I'm just saying that if you are wanting to make a character who, who does heal people, then it makes sense to have the healer tree as well as taking heal harm as opposed to, you're like, I want to be able to heal people, so I'm going to take, I don't know, Seer, and then I'll also have Heal Harm. It's going to leave you a little more frustrated because, like, the Seer, you're going to want, like, just the Mystic in general wants to have higher presence. Yes, exactly. And so if you have a high presence, it's not going to be as effective. It's just something that, like, when you are planning out your character... You will have more fun if you take the time in building your character to make sure that you're going to be able to do the things you want to do. Realize that this is where the character is starting. You can grow into doing pretty much anything. Yeah. Like, that's the fun of the system. But when you're starting out, when you do have that minimal amount of experience, that's the point where you don't get much of a chance to waste yeah experience and it's not really even wasting it's that's when it can get frustrating when you feel like it's wasted yeah i pretty much have a rule for myself when i'm building a character is my character has to be a, a character that i can play from the with starting xp yeah instead i can't let myself say well in a couple of sessions because that is where then my question to myself is, well, how do I feel then for the first couple of sessions before I get to that talent that I want to get? How am I supposed to deal with the character before then? How does it feel to play before then? Because you don't want a character where you have to get three or four sessions in before it's a fun character to play. It'll just burn you out on the character and it'll make you not want to go play and it'll make you in a bad mood when you're playing, anything like that. There is a lot to be said for night level play with the extra 150 experience because then you can buy up and probably get that second force rating, have a few talents sitting under your belt, having those skills upgraded, having that power be upgraded a little bit. Like, 150 experience is a pretty huge amount. And in doing so, it becomes a lot less frustrating of a character. But it's also a different kind of story. And 
I guess that's another thing to look at as a GM for low-level or low-experience Force-using characters. Tell the story around learning their powers. With one Force die, the powers are unpredictable unless they're willing to tap into their emotions to the point of using the dark side. GMing a Force campaign does require a bit more forethought that goes into it because you're balancing one more thing on top of. It isn't just, okay, they've got a small amount of experience, this is their duty, and this is the adventure that I'm putting them up against. It's also, well, Force users to start off with feel so experience-starved, so how do you deal with that? How does How do you scale down the plot so that it works with a burgeoning force user. Carefully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like when all is said and done, force campaigns are incredibly fun. They really are. Especially with how unpredictable they are. Because those force dice, especially when you're only rolling one, it is... (laughs) It is a real... Toss of the coin, to be honest, whether or not you're going to be able to do anything with it. I think that's really fun. (laughs) I think it's great. Like, I truly do. There is so much to the different specializations that came up. And having characters explore those and learn them. Like, learn their specializations and then have this other capability of having force powers. And the ability to have all these like very over-the-top powers it can be really 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 fun there's just so much that can be there there's so much learning about the character there's so much exploration as the characters grow in the force that even if you are doing a night level play character there's just you can learn about what your player and what you are thinking of the Force can entail. So Ben, what is your final thought on the topic of low experience Force users and making the game fun for them? My biggest thing to say is remember that it isn't just talents, it isn't just attributes, it isn't just skills that are pulling at characters especially if you're looking at like the first two sessions after character creation. The players are also going to want to try and get into force powers. And yes, they do have a mechanical effect, but they can act and feel larger than just the pure mechanical effect. Like moving around a crate, it starts off and it sounds, well, is moving around a silhouette one crate all that interesting? Well, it can be. It all depends on how it works in for the plot and how it works in for that scene. It could be the starting thing that the characters will talk about for the rest of the adventure, depending on how it's done, how you let the players deal with it. And you, Risa? I think that it's important to read your players' character sheets because that'll be the way that you know what to plan for. Like, if you know specifically what upgrades and stuff your players have, you can tailor different encounters 
to make it more fun for them, to make it so that they have more of a chance to succeed at things. Because that's at the end of the day, when you're at the beginning of a campaign and all you're met with is failure, then it can be really discouraging and make people not want to continue the campaign. So try and make it so that your players have a fighting chance at all the roles that you've planned for them. The easiest way to do that is to read their sheets. Now I'll sneak in and get into position while they're distracted. Then I can pop out from behind his chair and go, boo, that'll pay him back for trying to arrest us last week. Between this and what we did to his car and loft, he'll know better than to mess with our crew without making sure that he actually captures us. Join us next time on a good-natured tale from the Hydean Way. We can be found on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and I'm at Deuterium Ice. And I'm at Cookie Kit. You can hear me talking about Nancy Drew on Curlmeister Sisters podcast, which can be found on Twitter at Kmeister Sisters. And if you want to hear us talk about Star Trek Enterprise, you can find us at Ant Club Podcast on Twitter. We are at thehydeanway.com, where you can find previous episodes, links to things we talk about in the show, and our live play podcast, Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us up at reading, reviewing, and subscribing. Drops a Holcom at tales at thehydeanway.com. We're also on Facebook as Tales from the Hydean Way. If you like what we do and want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehydeanway. Or you can give us a cafe at ko-fi.com slash thehydeanway. <laughs>